Hey there, I'm Claire Keys Pitlick, Creative Director and Head of Marketing at LPK, and this is How to Go Pro, your crash course in turning your creative passions into a powerhouse career. We'll talk with experts from our brand and innovation consultancy on how they got to where they are, what it takes to succeed in the fast-paced agency world, and the really real on what work looks like in this day and age. Whether it's design, writing, strategy, trends, or a dream job yet to be determined, we're here to talk shop and help you hone your chops. Today on the show, we're exploring all the ways that work has changed. At LPK, when the pandemic hit in early 2020, we went fully virtual and it transformed how we work in so many ways. Now we're creating work for our clients from our living rooms, our home offices, our favorite coffee shops, and also from places off the beaten path. Cabin in the woods, anyone? But of course, a virtual workplace has its challenges too. When you're working through a computer screen, how do you connect and stay connected? How do you find a mentor, get great feedback? And how do you recreate all the in-between moments that happen when you're in a physical space? Lots of questions with lots of great answers. Here to break it all down with us are three LPKers, each tuning in from a different spot on the map and each with a lot of advice to share on navigating the virtual workplace. Let's introduce you right now. I'll start off with Mark, Mark Bresbrook, creative director at LPK with 13 years of experience, almost three of them virtual. Mark earned his BFA in graphic design from Ohio University and now leads teams working with iconic clients, names like Nike, Fifth Third Bank, Delta Fawcett. Mark's work truly runs the gamut from Fortune 50 companies to nonprofits, CPGs to B2Bs. Mark, so glad you're here. Hello. Hey, what's up, Claire? Thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. Next up is Sana Lal, Sana Senior Innovation Strategist, who joined LPK this past year. In her five-year career, Sana has worked just shy of half of it in a remote setting. She went to school at California College of the Arts in San Francisco, earning an MBA in design strategy, and also feeding her love for adventure sports, swimming, and new restaurants while she was out there. Here at LPK, Sana works with businesses like World Vision and Delta Fawcett, and I cannot wait for you to meet her. Sana, hello. Hi, Claire. Nice to be here. Thanks for being in here. And last but certainly not least is Mackenzie Willers, senior digital designer at LPK, who hails from Columbus, Ohio, just north of our headquarters here in Cincinnati. Mackenzie received her BFA in advertising and graphic design at Columbus College of Art and Design before starting her career, and she's done almost all of it virtually. She touches tons of brands at LPK, including our own, and she also claims to be a really talented apper. Hey, Mackenzie. Hello, hello. Happy to be here. Thanks for being here. So together, these three cover so much of what LPK does day in and day out, and they do a majority of it virtually. So I can't wait to jump in and pick their brains on all the things. So without further ado, let's go to it. So today is all about the virtual workplace. To jump in, I am so curious, what do your virtual workplaces look like? Where are you right now? And why have you chosen that particular spot, that setup, to record today's podcast? Mackenzie, you want to lead us off? Or love to. So I am currently on the floor <laughs> in my bedroom, sitting crisscross applesauce on my rug. 
because <laughs> the vibes don't really get much better than that, if you ask me. I love it. And my three-year-old would agree with you on crisscross applesauce. <laughs> Mark, where are you tuning in from? You know, it, it took me a while of couch sitting, dining room, table sitting, but I, I finally had to bite the bullet and get a, a kind of an official desk set up. So I am in my office at my house. Excellent. And Sana, where are you? I am at a, an official desk spot by the window. So I love like a little bit of natural light coming in with a lot of my colorful posters around to kind of keep me pepped up through the day. So that's where I am. Nice. And I'll play this game too. I am coming to you from my dining room at home. Empty chairs around me that could be filled with all of you, but hey, it, it works. And yeah, I like this spot. Lots of natural light and very, very quiet at times. So, all right, well, let's get into into the real good stuff. I mean, obviously, tuning in for a podcast recording remotely or a status meeting with your team or a creative review has become totally normal. But for a long time, it, it wasn't. I mean, Mark, I'll ask you, take me back to those early days of 2020 when so many LPK went virtual. I mean, what was that like? What kind of stands out in your memory? Yeah, I think looking back, being a bit naive, we were all anticipating two to three weeks of working from home, right? So right. I'm going to grab a few things from my office. That'll hold me over, but we'll be back, right? And, you know, week turns into month, month turns into years. So I, I think the, the big crux of that was just how do we figure out the tools to stay in touch and communicate and collaborate better and more successfully? So at first there was an overwhelming, insane barrage of Slack messages that came through. And, you know, we had that tool in the office, but I didn't use it that much because I could walk down the hall and talk to people, you know, but right. just figuring out what are those platforms that enable us to stay connected now that we're all kind of working from our home spots. Yeah, it's really interesting. You're right. We had Slack for a long time and I would use it occasionally, but not everybody was on that platform all the time. I mean, now I can't, I've Slacked with all of you today. I can't imagine not having that channel of communication. And it's really become a hub for us for just about everything. So in those first few months, it felt like there was kind of a steep learning curve. You know, there would be aspects of the job that we just didn't see how we'd really be able to pull them off through Zoom. But obviously, we found our way. What have been some of the, I guess, unexpected improvements to the work that have come out of this shift? Things that you thought might be hard, but they actually got better, or things that you thought would be difficult, but were really easy? I mean, Mark, do you have thoughts there? Yeah, the, the biggest shift for me was going analog to digital. I'm, I am I was very much a print everything off, need to write everything down, tons of notebooks. And working remotely kind of forced me to uh, put all that in my computer, right? And I, I still miss the days of the, the so-called war room where everyone gets together, we put the work up, we talk about the work, we come back to it the next day. You know, yes. murals really replaced that for me. I, I guess in LPK terms, I was a fairly early adopter in that space, but there's still a little part of me that misses all of that kind of hands-on analog approach to the work. Yeah. To clarify for anyone listening, I mean, LPK is largely virtual, but I think everybody does seek out those moments where we can come together in person when we feel like it really serves the team, it really serves the work, and figuring out ways to make that happen when we can. Mark, I feel like what you're describing is sort of that physical evidence of the work, of the creative process. and now so much more of that just sits neatly within this 
computer screen. But, you know, Mackenzie, Sana, I'm curious with you too. Do you still do a lot of scribbling and sketching and note taking on paper? Do you feel like you still need those kind of physical and more analog um, exercises in your work? Or are you mainly laptop all the time? I mean, there is something that you really can't quite achieve in the same way when you're writing something with markers and pens, like that tangible feeling you get when you're just sketching something out. I mean, sure, you could do it on an iPad or any number of things, but it's just got a different feel to it. I think when you transition to that traditional analog vibe, like you need to give your brain a little bit of a break from the screen in some capacity, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I'm big on a to-do list. I've always got one running and it is it is by hand and it just yes. it just feels good to put pen to paper. And I think that's a great point. Like it's something that shouldn't be forgotten, however small it is, making a list by hand versus typing it out or taking that time to do some sketching that's just free form on paper. It feeds you creatively, I think. Right. It really adds some type of memory or recall for me as well, writing things down, I tend to remember them easier mm, uh, yeah. versus typing into a computer. There's something about just having it on the wall written by hand that tends to just stay in my mind more so than an app or a sea of notes on my computer. As soon as I write those, they tend to just flow away. Or if it's written down, I have it in front of me. Definitely. Sana, what do you think? I think for me, similar to Mark, what he previously mentioned about the synergy in the room you know, that can never be replaced. But I see like whiteboarding and workshopping on like murals and e- and mirrors nowadays has become more convenient in terms of referring to data whenever you want to, or if you want to build off, off of something you've previously used. So it's easier to reference to all of that data, which makes life a lot easier. But then again, it's that whole why it's about being together. It's about that collaboration and fun that you have when you're in a room together that can never be replaced. Yeah. And I, I think that that's, you know, an insight and a dilemma that has been part of the conversation all along. And I'm excited to dig into that more today, especially with your perspective, Sana. But before we go there, I mean, Mackenzie, I've got to ask you, OK, you're sitting on the floor, you're sketching with markers. We all know you and know that both professionally and personally, you're just a, a deeply creative person. So does working virtually help stir your imagination in ways that in person in a building every day maybe couldn't? Or what kinds of rituals do you do that kind of get you off the screen like you were describing and more into that creative flow? Yeah, I would say working virtually definitely lends itself to certain aspects, call it, that maybe you don't come by as easily when working in person. I've found that a key difference between in-person working and virtual working is that, well, for me at least, I feel I'm a bit more in control of my virtual environment. Not completely, but a little bit. You know, in an office or really many environments other than your house, a lot of things tend to exist outside of your control, I think, like background noises, light levels, distractions of all kinds. And I've found that in my virtual workspace, I can make a lot of those factors whatever I want them to be, which in turn, I think can really help my creativity or anyone's creativity. You know, if I want to play Broadway musical soundtracks as loud as possible, I can do that. (laughs) In an office, you know, maybe not, but 
when I'm feeling that creative blockage building up in my brain, it's really helpful to be able to get up and go sit on my balcony or light my favorite incense or go for a mini walk. Sometimes if I need a total refresh, when lunchtime rolls around, I'll just take a nap. Nothing clears the head quite like a nap. But Mackenzie Willers, really good at napping. I believe you. You know me. (laughs) The power nap, the power creative nap. Exactly. I I think I love that. The idea I'm envisioning you, you know, singing Hamilton at the top of your lungs and tweaking the thermostat and lighting the candle. But really that idea that you have a zone that is wholly yours and that you can tailor to what you're doing in the work. And, you know, I think there's still a sense of kind of loss or sadness around the things we had in an agency environment that you you don't get every day when you're living through a pandemic or committing to a virtual working setup. You know, you miss those hallway conversations. You miss walking by work up on the wall, as Mark mentioned, that just really inspires you or sparks something. I think there are differences, but it's nice to think of it as, you know, where you lose something in the in-person office environment, you gain something with that control of your home environment, like you were describing, or wherever it is you choose to do the work. So I, I really love that idea that you are in control of your domain in a way that wouldn't be possible in other environments. 100%. So, Sana, you've been with LPK for about a year now, I think a little longer, but you joined us from New York City sort of mid-pandemic. I'm so curious, what was that like? How did you set foot into a new organization and navigate it and start to meet new people, forge relationships? What was getting oriented like when you're virtual right off the jump? Oh, thank you for asking that question, Claire. It's such a fun question, yet so loaded in a lot of ways. Yeah, sure. I feel like starting a new job can always be a mixed bag of emotions. And I feel like I had recently moved from San Francisco to New York in the peak of winter. So uh, it was it was all the more holistic, holistically new, if I may. So the whole experience was, uh, before my first day, was new, exciting, unfamiliar in every way and a little unnerving. I think for starters, what really made it easy was Steve, our HR partner. I think he was just brilliant. He was so thoughtful and always answering all unspoken and spoken questions for me and uh, kind of walked me through that whole onboarding plan for the two weeks or what my two weeks would look like a little prior to my first day. So uh, that kind of helped me feel more structurally comfortable. Having an assigned ambassador and knowing who my manager was all helped in knowing uh, the information that I probably needed to start off. And then when I actually got to meet them on the first day and had like a casual lunch, it felt more humanly comfortable. So it was an interesting experience and talking more about navigating the organization and what makes what made me feel comfortable or not was I feel that the design of an employee onboarding experience can be a big game changer. And of course, people in an organization have a lot to do with it. And uh, at LPK, I think I was very, it it became very easy because people were very warm and easy and friendly and genuinely wanted to get to know you. So I feel like that made things better and more comfortable. And then also the first couple of days was a mix of learning sessions. There were 
it, the in-person hall, the hellos were replaced by meet and greets, which were kind of qualitative to understand a little bit more from where, more about where people were coming from. Donna, yes, you mentioned the onboarding experience and especially working with Steve, who I agree is brilliant and so amazing. You can listen to him on episode one of this podcast, talking all about the art of the interview and what that experience is like. But I mean, Swan, I think you bring up something that's really helpful for anyone listening who is maybe coming out of school and prepping for first interviews or maybe taking on a new job. And for the first time, they'll be completely virtual, you know, meeting new people, going out to lunch, hanging out with your new boss. I think sometimes people think those things fall away in a virtual setting. But I think you're describing that, hey, you can still do those things. You can do them through Zoom, through Slack, through phone calls, and you can still get the same sense of getting to know someone, building that relationship, uh, having the happy hour, right? You can still create all of that. And you're totally right. That's absolutely true. And, you know, the funny thing is that while I speak to other people in my network and I try to understand about their onboarding experience or how it was for them when they joined their companies, I feel it wasn't of course, it won't be similar, but it wasn't as warm or as welcoming. And even if you had meetings, there were, there were a lot of those moments where people couldn't make it for those meetings or they were constantly in a rush to get into another meeting. Whereas uh, differently for me at LPK, it was people took that time to genuinely listen to you or remember those conversations going down the line, say three months down the line, someone remembered something we'd spoken of in those first two weeks, which was which genuinely makes you feel like you, you're being heard and people want to get to know you better, which makes a yeah. lot of difference for someone to feel a part of the culture. So yeah, and of course, like when you join an organization and you're walking, you're walking in and you kind of say hi to everybody, like be it when you're taking coffee or be it when you're crossing by. And here in the first couple of weeks, I was doing a couple of meet and greets. I feel just getting that little more time with people on where they are at or like what do they like doing besides work kind of makes it easy to work with them, work with yes. them simply along the journey when you do. So, I think, um, yeah. Sada, I think that that's, I think that is such a great reminder for anyone who is a professional, especially those working virtually, just that reminder of wherever you are in that process, that journey, whatever level, what impact it makes when you really do carve out the time and devote part of your busy day to planting the seeds of those new relationships, nurturing them, making newcomers feel at home in your organization, because it, yeah, it goes such a long way and it really does help you find your footing in a new agency, a new business. And it also, as you said, makes the work better, makes the team bonds that much stronger. And it, it just has, I think, lots of residual effects. So it's a good reminder for anybody who's working in a kind of team-oriented organization. Yeah, I, I was just going to add, there's the level of, if I reflect back, a formality that happens or is naturally created in the workplace, right? And I think the fact that we're all living and working relatively from uh, the same space, our houses mostly, has kind of become this unofficial icebreaker to create empathy among coworkers that I think is really interesting. We've all kind of let our guard down a little bit. The lines are a little bit blurred. We still definitely show up and get the work done, but... The chaos of life has seeped into our screens and kids <laughs> and pets and deliveries and repairs, all that stuff are all, from my perspective, welcome glimpses into everyone's lives. That really helps us get to know each other on a different level outside of work. 
Yeah, that's so well said. And you'll hear some people say, oh, gosh, it feels harder to connect through Zoom. I feel less plugged in working virtually. But I agree with you, Mark. And I think a lot of people do that kind of showing a glimpse into the rest of your life, the rest of your world, dialing in from your living room or your bedroom or wherever. It does create an instant connection and a sense of bonding that I think is a bit different and I think has been really valuable and in a lot of cases, like really, really fun. So, yeah, I agree with you. And I also want to add that, like you said, Mark, people have become more open to conversation. And I feel like while we are in these little boxes on Zoom calls, etc., there's a lot that you want to say. Sometimes that remains unsaid. And you're like, oh, if you were sitting right next to me, I would have probably said, probably whispered that little thing to you or, you know, or something like that, which kind of is absent in a virtual scenario. But it also prompts for those extra steps that you will take towards scheduling that call with somebody or chatting with them about certain things that you felt could have improved your chemistry together in a working relationship. Like, for example, on my fourth day, I was put on a project and I was wondering, I I was so worried because I'm just like, how am I expected to contribute? Like I should, I should, whatever I say should be quality contribution. What are the expectations of me? And I feel like I did schedule those calls with my manager to understand expectations, to understand working styles. And in a lot of ways, I feel like setting up that call with different people through different projects has really helped me forge relationships and understand people better while we collaborate virtually. Just like a basic question on what is your working style? How do you work through the day? What are your breaks like? Just just yeah. expectation settings and very human things to be going with because we're kind of like designing our own routine and schedule through the day and our only objective is meeting deliverables. For so, sure. I mean, right? You're doing that work to reach out, connect in a very human way, but you're also saying, hey, we need to make our agreements for how we want to get the work done, what does success look like for us, what would you prefer, when do you feel, you know, at your at your most creative. Yeah, that's a, a great way to just start reaching out and, and making things happen. And all of those conversations turn into new relationships. Something I, I want to talk about a little bit more, I mean, Mark, you had even brought up this idea of some of the formality that probably existed more in an in-person environment. But even as someone goes pro in a virtual setting, I think there are still some of those expectations of making sure that you are reaching out and connecting with your colleagues, showing up punctual and put together or polished. Obviously, different engagements have different expectations, but you still have to bring some of that decorum to the virtual setting. And I think it's also even things like figuring out, hey, who is going to kind of advocate for me in my role? How do I start to forge a mentorship relationship? How does some of that work virtually? Mackenzie, I'd I'd love to ask you, is it easy to do all of these things through Zoom or is it tougher? Yeah, you know, the majority of my professional career now has been virtual. I've been virtually working longer than I haven't so far. And I have to say, maybe it's because I haven't spent a large amount of time having worked in person overall, but connection has honestly never really been an issue for me in this virtual environment that we're currently vibing in right now. I think a lot of factors play into that, of course. You know, a lot of what 
Sana and Mark were just touching on uh, kind of if a company takes virtual connection seriously, it really shows and it's very apparent. Just sort of fostering those moments and opportunities for people to easily virtually connect with one another, whether it be that new hire onboarding process that Sana was touching on or a little fun happy hour trivia moment. It really does pay off in the long run, I think, in terms of laying that groundwork and prioritizing that seamlessness. It really does result in that feeling of ease, I think, when it comes to connections like these in the virtual space. I remember when I very first started here at LPK, I was fresh out of a different job that was maybe a bit more corporate-ish, and I was still feeling out how to go about even interacting with you all, trying to see if we were a stuffy company. Was LPK a casual company? You know, and I remember early on, I had asked Mark a question. I think maybe it had been about taking a sick day or something. I can't quite remember. But I had asked it in this super formal, very buttoned up way, afraid to be too casual too soon. And I remember so well, he was like, hey, dude, you know, you don't need to be so formal. It's okay if you'd like to be. But you can you can just ask, you know, you don't have to lay all these details in. Like, just ask if you can take a sick day, man. And I was like, oh, amazing. You can just be Mackenzie. Yeah. Just be yourself. And I was like, what? Yes, I love that. I mean, we've talked about this in other episodes. LPK has guiding values. And one of them is fly your freak flag. And I think that really highlights the idea that we're about bringing your whole self to work. Uh, you know, conducting yourself appropriately for different moments. But I think everybody's got a good barometer for those. But yeah, right. Like come as you and be eccentric and unique and peculiar and just really show off your personality and always be yourself. So I love that memory. That's great. And that makes the connection like the virtual connection so much easier, in my opinion, because when you have to put up that very buttoned up, like not yourself front, you're exhausted by the end of any interaction over Zoom, I think. So yeah, it's yeah. just so much the ease that you feel when you get to be your real true self in these spaces. It can't be understated, in my opinion. And, sure. and Mackenzie, I think, you know, bringing your full self to work is super critical. If I think about conversations on Zoom and just the virtual workplace, one of my major walk, watch outs is interactions feeling too transactional. And I think it's mainly because a whole conversation start and stop so abruptly. You click a button, you're on screen. You click a button, you're off screen, right? So finding that time to be yourself and approachable and conversational and excited and interested within that time frame is really important. Absolutely. Yeah. And I really think it's nice to kind of hold space for celebrating the ways that virtual can be preferred, right? And can forge these like deeper relationships and give you a platform for really being yourself and kind of bringing your full self. I think all along LPK, I've really liked the way that we've worked to balance virtual and in-person. And obviously there were big chunks of the pandemic where in-person just simply wasn't possible. Um, and we've always been really respectful of people's comfort levels and preferences. But, you know, I think it's kind of undeniable that you need time to immerse with the fellow people you work with. And yes, that can happen through Zoom. and We do it all the time. But that in-person aspect is great as well. You need time together to get to that meaning and magic that we all want. 
So, you know, there's efficiency, there's freedom, there's flexibility in the virtual workplace. But, you know, we recently had an in-person retreat where we all came together for a couple of days. And I think it felt so good. And there was so much smiling and conversation and energy. I mean, Sana, as someone living in another city, how was that experience for you coming to Cincinnati where LPK's home base is and getting to hang out with everybody in person? I think it was just a wonderful experience. Like it was so joyful. It was so friendly and it was so nice to meet everybody in person. And I would just like to go back a couple couple of months when we when we all met for the first time in May and yeah. we were working from office because that was the first time I was meeting everyone. And I feel like in a lot of ways, Claire, I feel like that was my first day at work. Even though it had been about five months of be of like working in the company, it just had this whole shenanigan of deciding what to wear, how do you want your hair to look, you know, navigating and walking to the office. I think what made it easier was that there were three other co-workers with me because it was all our first day. So it was like this, uh, like this onboarding or like for us to just be entering the halls and saying hi to somebody we met in the lift. And then finally, when we came into the main room and we walked in where there were coffees and breakfast and everything, everyone started clapping. And it was honestly such a, yeah. such a sweet yet, you know, you're just like, hey, so this <laughs> is my first day. <laughs> And of course, everybody is like looking at everyone else. And even though there might be some people you've been speaking to pretty regularly over the last couple of months, they do seem a little different, right? Because you can, I mean, you don't know how, how tall they are. You don't know um, some of their voices tend to tend to sound different. We had had a lot of jokes about trying to guess people's heights through, through Zoom and yeah. probably not being right. <laughs> but Sana, you're right. There is something just different and deeply fulfilling about, you know, sharing the same room as another person, breathing the same air and talking face to face. It is just different. And I think we know that all of life is not meant to be lived through a computer screen. And it's great when you can just get that healthy mix of both and find time to come together and feel the magic that comes from being in person. A hundred percent. I feel like when you already know each other in person and then you tend to go virtually you're kind of nurturing the relationship but you do understand the essence of the other person like you know what their wit is you know what their jokes are like you know what their tones are you know it's easier to interpret that because you kind of I feel like we underestimate body language and what it expresses and being in this remote setting has exposed us to what that really means and how valuable it is to, you know, know those aspects of each other so that, you know, you kind of don't offend somebody in that light joke, which would have actually just landed up in, in laughter, you know, and meeting everybody virtually and then having that little break of meeting everyone in person helps you understand those quirks about each other's personalities better. And that's why coming around the second time, which was for this retreat you were talking about recently back to Cincinnati, was so much more familiar. It was, you know, you're like, oh, yeah, that's a thing that so-and-so would do, you know, because you right. kind of understand each other better and you've gotten that language that you've become more familiar with. And yeah, so it was wonderful. It was spending more of that time qualitatively understanding and nurturing that network and the relationship we have each other. Yeah, I, I really like that term you use, the essence of someone. And when you think about going pro and doing this type of work, you spend so much time with your teammates, with your coworkers, 
talking through things, breaking things down together, building them back up. And it's important to know the essence of someone and to appreciate it. And I think it helps you be a better teammate, right? I feel like Mark and I have worked together for a long time and a lot of it in person. So that idea of knowing someone's essence, I feel like I know the essence of Mark. And when I get to be in person with him, it's like, oh, I've missed getting to be with you in this way. And in you know a different context, Sana and Mackenzie, I got to meet you and learn that other dimension of you. And it does make me better connected and better understanding of who you are, what makes you tick, what lights you up, how you like to work. So I think that's a really great nugget for anyone navigating things virtually. Figure out how to deepen and get to the essence and it'll just make everything that much better. So Mackenzie mentioned that most of her career has been virtual. And I think that highlights this idea that like we are clearly in a new era and this is the way things look and they will continue in this manner until otherwise. So we're in a new work paradigm. Before we close out, I want to ask each of you, for anyone who is new in a job, looking for a job, maybe switching jobs, and they know that it's going to be virtual, what's your biggest piece of advice to someone? They're going pro and they're going through it virtually. What would you say to them? Yeah, I think one of the, one of the biggest things for me is just finding balance and the flexibility. Brought up earlier that you know, you kind of live and work in the same environment. And that's kind of a double-edged sword to me, right? I can stay hunkered down up here in my office for quite some time. And you just got to remind yourself to step away. And I loved a lot of what McKinsey said about creating your own routine and, and being able to flex that and break it down and disrupt it at times and knowing when to turn off. Yeah, that's great advice. Sana, what about you? I think there are two things that really stood out for me and have helped me along the way. One is to kind of treat Slack as your colleague next door and to cultivate your own language on Slack to like better understand one another and enjoy each other's company. So that's a big one for me. And the second one is that don't hesitate to reach out to one another because a lot of time as humans and being remote and detached and isolated from everyone, you know, we're spending time thinking that, hey, should I, am I going to be disturbing this person? Will they be in a meeting? The point is, if they are going to be in a meeting, they'll tell you that. So the best way is that just don't hesitate, reach out to people. And digitally speaking, we're closer to each other than we've ever been. Because it's totally just one message, one call, one voice note, or like one email away, which takes less than a second. Mm. So if someone is wanting to respond to you, they will do that sooner or later. That's great advice. Mackenzie, what about you? What would you say? I mean, I feel like we've touched on so many great pieces of advice so far. We've summed it up so nicely, in my opinion. Something that I would say has definitely come to be very beneficial for me. I suppose you could say this about the in-person workplace as well. But in this virtual space, I feel as if it's very easy to slip into sort of a nonstop productivity mode. Like, go, go, go. I don't need to take a break because I'm already comfortable. I'm already in my house. I don't need to stop. But that creative block is truly a powerful thing. So something that really helps me these days is when something isn't quite coming together or I I can't quite figure something out. Instead of trying to plow through that and just push on ahead, you need to step away from your screen. You need that little break. Your brain requires it. So just finding ways, even very small ways, like maybe just go get yourself some water or have a little snack, just pull yourself away. I know it's hard to do, but give your brain 
a bit of a breather, a bit of a rest. And when you come back to that screen, I promise the perspective is always going to be even a little bit different and it's going to benefit you a lot in the long run, I think. Wise words from Ms. Willers. Yeah, we talked about it a little bit in previous episodes too, that when you're virtual, you tend to be able to design your own day a bit more. The same way you described being able to design your environment, like what are those conditions that you're working within that get you to the best work, the work that you're most proud of? And right, sometimes you only have two minutes to take a break, but it's still important to inhale and exhale, walk away and come back. And if you have the luxury of taking a bit more time, yeah, go out on that walk or take a quick hot shower. That always does wonders for me, but figuring out those ways to break your flow when you need to, right? And then come back around. Absolutely. Well, thank you to you three for all of the great reflecting, the great advice. It has been really fun to talk with you three about living and working in the virtual workplace and what that really looks like. I mean, I think some of the big takeaways from today are like any work environment, there are pros and cons. And I think more than anything, it's the idea that this just looks different going into a physical environment every single day. But lots of pros, lots of opportunities to really grab hold of that can do wonders for how you go pro and start to level up your skills, being able to create that ideal environment, being able to be the commander of your schedule to some degree. And I also really appreciated our conversation about how you kind of translate the expectations of in-person, call it old school, work environments and kind of make them fresher and newer and more relevant to this way of working. So again, thank you to you three for all of the great perspectives. I feel like you're each dialing in with a different story to tell, a different specialization, a different relationship to this virtual universe. And I really appreciated all of it. And I feel really inspired. And with that, We will wrap up season one of How to Go Pro. Thanks to everybody out there who has listened along. We will catch you sometime soon. And in the meantime, take care. Thanks. Thanks.